Well, hello and welcome to Hear Her Sports, the female athlete podcast. I am your host and producer, Elizabeth Embry. I always love talking to younger athletes to get a sense of their thoughts about women's sports right now and to hear such enthusiasm. This week's guest, young pro lacrosse player Dempsey Arsenal, has a lot to look forward to and she is excited about all of it. She tells some terrific stories about where she finds confidence, what aggression on the field looks like to her, and a very tiny bit of dirtiness about her stick, only because I asked about it. I know you haven't heard from her yet, but we'll be keeping track of Dempsey's playing throughout the summer and posting on Twitter about Athletes Unlimited Lacrosse League, so be sure to follow us on Twitter at HearHerSports. Today we are meeting lacrosse superstar Dempsey Arsenal. Dempsey graduated from Boston College in 2019. There she was one of the big three, a trifecta of women's lacrosse players who were known for dominating the field and leading the BC team to three consecutive national championship final appearances. Just in 2019, Dempsey was the Women's Professional Lacrosse League champion and game most valuable player, led the WPLL in total points, was the number two draft pick in the WPLL, selected for the NCAA All-Tournament Team, selected as the Midfielder of the Year by both the Atlantic Coast Conference and the Intercollegiate Women's Lacrosse Coaches Association, plus a finalist for the T. Wharton, an annual award for the most outstanding American college lacrosse player. Going forward, Dempsey will be playing with the new Athletes Unlimited Lacrosse League from July 19th to August 22nd, so I really hope we learn a little bit more about that, and is also a member of Team USA. Dempsey began playing lacrosse at only 10 years old, grew up on a prep school campus called New Hampton School, where she played three sports, field hockey, hockey, and lacrosse. Since graduating from BC, she made a big move across the country to the Bay Area, has been doing individual and group training lessons, and learning to train without the full schedule of college. Welcome, Dempsey. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. You know, I would love to just ask you, your list of accolades is so long. You know, what of those accomplishments mean something to you? Or what, what's the most exciting accomplishment that you've achieved? Oh, that's a good question. I would probably say the three national championship appearances are kind of the thing that stand out. Obviously, being at BC, we didn't end up winning and winning that championship. But just getting back there three years in a row and just kind of knowing all of the hours of dedication and the preparation that went into that, um, that kind of sticks up to me as kind of being something that I'm most proud of. What do you think has led to your success? All the hard work, first of all, and then everything that I kind of went through at Boston College and the teammates I had and kind of the culture we had there, those four years were very transformative for me. And so I kind of just look back on my whole experience there as kind of what really stands out to me. You know, I'm always curious about how athletes pick where they end up at school. You're like, what were the factors that were important to you? And did it end up being what you expected? It was everything I expected more. Yeah, if I could go through that process again, I would do it all the same just because I absolutely loved my four years at Boston College. But yeah, there's so much that goes into kind of where you want to go. Some of the big factors that went into why I picked Boston College was one, the coaches were amazing. My visit when I went to the campus, it was gorgeous. And the girls seemed to really care about me as a person. It wasn't just like I was another girl there looking at the school. They seemed like normal, cool girls. I really just found myself drawing towards. And then also just when I was getting recruited and talking to the coaches, they 
really talked about not where the program was, but where it was about to go and kind of what they saw kind of in me and not the player that I was, but what they could make me into like the player that I could be. So that was just really kind of exciting. And then last thing was that it was close to home. So my parents went to like every game. So that was really important too. That is fun. What about the coaches did you think was special? I I noticed that they were women. Yeah, when I was there, it was pretty much all all women. And they were just so just so excited. And I don't know, they just had this like passion and drive that really was just when you're talking to them in the recruiting process, it's like, how do you not want to play for them? Just kind of that excitement. And then just like that intensity that they brought really drew me in. What was it about lacrosse that made you choose lacrosse over the other two sports that you had been doing? When I was about a sophomore, I was really in high school, I was really, really drawn to hockey and lacrosse. I knew I wanted to play one of them in college, but there's a key point when I was in Florida for spring training before my lacrosse season, and I had to leave early to go play in a hockey tournament or do like a hockey tryout. And I remember being so upset and just being like, I just want to play lacrosse the whole time. And that was kind of the tipping point where I realized that lacrosse kind of was it for me. And I really wanted to pursue that over hockey at the next level. But I just love how fast lacrosse is. I'm a big runner. So those two things really drew me in. And then also just kind of the team atmosphere and how like that team vibe you get when you play lacrosse. Well, I'm glad you brought up running because I'm really interested what you've been doing training out uh, in San Francisco since you've left college and sort of the structure of team practices and whatnot. Yeah, I haven't played lacrosse and like team lacrosse in so long, but I've been doing a lot of training. So I'll go and do weightlifting probably three times a week. And then I sprinkle in sprinting and conditioning and some longer runs. But over this quarantine, I've gotten really into yoga and stretching and doing some longer distance run, which has just felt really good because you go from being in college and weightlifting and training and going two hour practices almost like every day to now kind of being a little bit on your own and kind of just figuring it out. So I've been working with a trainer out here who's really been great in helping me put kind of some things together to make sure I'm in my best shape possible for the U.S. tryout coming up. What has he changed? He just has kind of given me more structure. So we do a lot of like lifting. Sometimes when you go into the weight room, it's like, what should I do? I have like my old packets from college and everything but it can be a little bit intimidating when you go from having four years of someone telling you exactly what to do and then kind of being on your own so he's just kind of bringing me in and giving me some more stuff to do but we do a lot of sprint work making sure we're doing flexibility work all that good stuff I love having a coach and having somebody tell me what to do definitely (laughs) I'm with you I am so with you I also find that you know like when trouble starts I start making silly decisions. So it's good to have somebody who's there who's like, no, don't do that. Definitely. I agree. And they also are really good at being like, okay, you need to recover. Because sometimes I feel like we're just in this like routine where it's like, go, go, go. And so having someone to be like, no, you need an off day is also really helpful too. Have you been trail running out there? Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of hiking as far as those are kind of my off day activities, but there are some gorgeous trails out here. And I found that I always just want to be near the ocean. So there's one over in Mill Valley and over in Marin across the Golden Gate Bridge that is absolutely beautiful. It's only about like two miles out 
and it leads to this gorgeous ocean. And I've done that one twice now because I just like absolutely love it. It's so pretty. Nice. Do you mountain bike or anything like that? I actually don't mountain bike, which is kind of weird because I feel like a lot of people in New Hampshire do, but that is definitely something that has been on my bucket list, but I'm a little scared. When I was younger, I fell off a bike. And so I don't know. I feel like I'm not very, I'm a little scared about it, but I definitely, it would be intriguing to me to do. You said that you do speed workouts and stuff like, what are your most difficult running workouts? I've never used one prior to coming out to California, but at the facility, there's an Aerodyne. I might be saying that wrong, but it's basically a treadmill that only goes as fast as your legs will go. So it's all just through, like as fast as you run is as fast as the treadmill is going to go. And so it is so difficult and so hard. And definitely that's one of, whenever I see it on our workout for the day, I'm like, oh no, not again. We've done it where you try to just hold your maximum speed for as long as possible. And then um, yesterday we actually did it where you have to burn 10 calories in the fast amount of time. So my first one, we did it three times. And my first one, I went out way too fast. And by the end, I was like going at like seven miles per hour, not actually, but like, I was so slow. And then I kind of like, I figured it out a little bit. But I would say probably anything with that has been super hard. And then the good old 300s. Those 300s, that's like a lacrosse test where you go to the 30 and back five times for time. Those ones always get me and I always dread them, to be honest. <laughs> and what about yoga? What, are, what have you gotten from yoga? Yeah, it's been great, not just for my body, but also just for like mental clarity. I usually start every morning and kind of just do maybe 20 minutes or so and just kind of really come into my own and just really work on stretching and those little tiny muscles that you don't really get when you're doing like a lot more weight strength work. So I'd say that is probably the most important and also just kind of just like grounding myself too at the same time. You know, one thing I wanted to ask you about in terms of training, I know that you tore your ACL before your senior year in high school. You know, how are you thinking about that in terms of, I guess, in terms of yoga and strength training, just so that, you know, like it doesn't happen again? Yeah, we do a ton of injury prevention with my strength coach out here, just making sure that my quads and my hamstrings are both equally as strong. But that's definitely something that obviously everyone wants to avoid. But that's been also another great part of having that trainer who can really who's done the research and the like education to help me prevent doing something like that. But yeah, more just working on making sure my whole body is strong and making sure I'm not just one side or one thing is stronger than the other. Have you found this COVID time hard? I mean, you mentioned not playing team lacrosse in a really long time. I mean, how do you think that you're going to come out of it? I mean, it's it's so hard to know. It's so hard to know. I know it really is. COVID in general has been kind of a weird, I'm sure for everyone, but such like a weird time period. So I started in the beginning as an event planner. I had that pressure of needing to get a job right out of college. And I quickly learned that the office life is not for me. I need to be outside and be active. So COVID kind of gave me that pathway to kind of explore what I want to do. And so that's kind of like what brought me out here to California is there was a Boston College alum who kind of reached out last summer and was like, you should come out here and do a clinic. And then I did the clinic. I loved it. And then he was like, you should come out here and do training full time. And so having that COVID time where I was like, okay, this event planning life isn't for me. And now 
coming out here and trying it has been so it's been awesome for me um, in that sense. But yeah, no, it's definitely been a little bit of a weird time. So are you doing the clinics now or planning those or what, what's going on with that? Yeah, so I do a lot of the clinics on the weekend, the bigger group clinics, and then I do a lot of smaller individual lessons, one-on-one training, smaller group. Um, it's been very cool to see kind of the the growth since working with some of these girls for almost three months now. Just seeing how much better they're getting has been so exciting and so rewarding. But like I said, it's just a chance to grow the game and also get outside for me and kind of just have the stick in my hand, which has been great. And are the kids that are going to your clinics, are they, uh, this is in person, I'm assuming, not on videos, which I know you also do. This has all been in person when I've been in California, but during COVID, when I was in New Hampshire, I did a lot of Zoom work. So we would, like, there'd be probably like 20 or so girls on Zoom and I'd be in my living room or outside and I'd be doing instructional videos. So that's kind of where I really pushed my creativity. And so That almost was where it really took off. And then I came out here to California and been doing it in person. Well, I know one of the things that I was interested in talking to you about is sort of making a career out of lacrosse. I mean, what are your plans, I guess, short term and long term? I know that you have some USA team things coming up and the Athletes Unlimited, but sort of aside from that, what are you thinking? I don't know. So because of COVID, I've been having to take everything very short term, like one step at a time. I came out to California for one month in October. And then now I'm out here. And it's April. And I've been here for almost two and a half months, three months. So I'm kind of out here until the tryout. And then again, I'm back to the drawing board as far as what I want to do. I know I really enjoy this, but I'm not sure if it's something I want to do full on long term. So I'm really just taking it kind of week by week and kind of reassessing as I go. To support these stories of female athletes, women in sports, and really all the ongoing rise of interest in women's sports media coverage, join our Patreon. There are several levels of support you can sign up for. At the $5 gear up level and above, you will get access to exclusive monthly audio content. Find us at patreon.com slash hearhersports or link from the Patreon page on our website, hearhersports.com. There you can find details about all the perks at each level. Thanks so much. Well, let's go to short term thinking about the summer. Tell me what is coming up. I know that you have the Athletes Unlimited, as we talked about, and also the team camp. So what are those going to be like and what are you expecting? The U.S. trial is in June, so I'm going to try to get in the best shape possible and play as much lacrosse as possible before that. And then after that, I'll have a little bit of like a few weeks off and then we'll head right down to Maryland to play in the Athletes Unlimited season, which I'm so excited about. I'm excited for both, but more so just having this Athletes Unlimited be the first first season and just kind of the excitement that's been built around it is really fascinating. And also just, I'm so excited to see what it's going to be like, because unlike the WPLL, every week your team changes. So you could be playing with one person one day, and then next week you could be playing with no one of the same. So it's going to be super fascinating. And just, I'm just so excited to play um, and get back on the field. Yeah, you know, I don't really understand how that works. Are you able to explain a little bit more about how the Athletes Unlimited system works and why you would be changing teams each time, like, and how the points are done and all that? 
Yeah, there's a whole point system. So I'm pretty sure every week you're going to see kind of where you're ranked, which is kind of intimidating. I feel like it's almost like the Hunger Games, but it's so exciting at the same time. And so there's going to be a whole different ways that you can get points based on team points, ground balls, goals, assists, a bunch of different ways to get points. And then um, the top four are kind of the team captains and they almost draft their team for the next week. So kind of it's pretty cutthroat, but it's also so exciting. So I'm just so excited and we'll see how it works. But yeah, definitely sounds very cool and something that's never been done before. So those of us who want to watch, I mean, the idea is that we were following individual athletes. Yeah, I think so. I think it just adds just like a little bit of excitement for the viewer. So you see who kind of is playing the best, who's the underdog kind of, yeah, I would say a little bit, but I think it's just going to create such an awesome environment for the viewer and just so exciting to see those points change throughout the game. And if we do watch, I hope we all do watch, what do we need to know about lacrosse so that we're intelligent when we're watching? Good question. It's such a fast-paced game. There are a few little rules, so I would say just try not to get too confused with all the whistles, but it's almost like the mix between, I'd say, like basketball and soccer, where soccer, you're running up and down, working as a team, then a lot of the defensive concepts, there are a lot of basketball concepts where you're working on picks and communicating and slides. So I would just say kind of, you're going to fall in love with it if you watch it, so don't let the rules or not knowing kind of hold you back. So definitely, I would say just go for it and watch it. And I'm sure you won't be disappointed. I like that. (laughs) One thing I like to ask athletes who play in team sports, because I'm really bad at this personally, is sort of having a sense of the field and where the players are. Did you learn that? Was it innate? I mean, I'm assuming that you're good at it. Are you talking more about like vision Well, like knowing where everybody is and where they're going to end up in two seconds or two minutes and how the plays are going to work out and, you know, being able to pass the ball, for example, to where they're going to be rather than where they are, that kind of stuff, sort of just general intelligence about the field vision. That's something I definitely had to learn playing at the college level and then getting some experience with the U.S. team is the game is so fast. And so you really just have to be so focused at all times because everyone around you is so fast. The ball moves so like it's crazy how fast the ball moves. So, yeah, just keeping your eyes up and kind of just being more like having that awareness of kind of seeing how the play is going to develop. But that's something I definitely got better at after playing for a few years in college. But you kind of get thrown into it. And that transition from high school to college is no joke. I know that you haven't been playing team lacrosse in in actually quite a while now. It's been more than a year, I would think, right? Yeah, yep. So you haven't been playing team lacrosse for a while. So what do you think that you, or how are you figuring out what you need to work on between now and, you know, the USA team camp? It's a very good question. So I've been watching a ton of college games. And so before the college season, when I was still just doing my own work, so I typically shoot probably three to four times a week. Um, and I'll play wall ball and kind of just get the stick in my hand when I'm doing these lessons. But after watching the college game and seeing just live lacrosse again, I talking about that awareness, it's like the ball moves so fast. And so I'm really looking forward to hopefully getting in some scrimmaging or some actual live playing before those camps, because even just playing like team defense, like there's so much you can do as far as footwork and getting in shape. But 
those just like team concepts and the communication is definitely something that I have kind of realized that I definitely need to get working on before those camps just because you're not going to go out there when you're practicing and start talking to yourself really so kind of just working on that and seeing kind of that I need to make sure I'm doing that before has been pretty eye-opening after watching these college games. Have you been to a team camp before? I mean, is this something that you've done before so you know what to expect or will it be new? It's new. So I've never done a USA tryout because when I was trying out for the U19 team, I tore my ACL a week before that. So this is the first time that I'm actually going to US tryout. So I've never been to an actual tryout, but I have been to those training weekends. So it's definitely going to be a little bit different, but I know to expect the same as far as intensity, speed, and just making sure that you're in the best shape possible before that. Let's assume that you get selected. Then what happens on the team? Honestly, I haven't even thought too much about that because I'm just clearly like, I'm just so focused on the tryout, but I know it will be, the world games are going to be that following summer. So right, yeah, so this is the big tryout for that. Oh, okay, cool. And so presumably you would then participate in other team camps, training camps and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So this is the big tryout and then it goes on to training team format from there. I'm not exactly sure how to ask this and I also don't want to be negative, but I'm just wondering, you know, what it's like to be going into a sport that has struggled to have, you know, like a professional league. I know the WPLL closed after just a few seasons and, you know, we have high hopes for Athletes Unlimited lacrosse, but but who knows? So I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about that? Is it frustrating? I don't know. Yeah, it definitely is a little bit frustrating, especially after last year having our season be canceled. So not being able to play for so long has definitely been really hard, but I'm really excited for this Athlete Unlimited season and kind of the projection of what where it's going to go. So I'm kind of just not really focusing on the past at this point and just really looking forward to the future and hoping that I can play as long as possible. That's kind of my goal right now is to just like play lacrosse as long as possible. And when my time's up, then I can kind of reevaluate. But right now it's just I have the opportunity to keep playing. So I'm going to try my best to keep going as long as possible. Do you have any sponsors? Yes, I am an STX athlete. I signed on with them my summer after my senior year and have really kind of been growing my brand with them and using their equipment. And I've absolutely loved working with them. They're such a great company and I've grown up using their sticks. And so being able to represent them has been really cool. And now kind of taking on the STX Crux Pro the new six with Michelle Tumalo has been super cool. And yeah, I just absolutely love their gear and have been love um, kind of being sponsored by them. Can you talk about sticks and, you know, like what's the difference between a stick that I would get at, you know, like an intro level stick and the kind of sticks that you're using? Like what are some of the qualities of good sticks? At Boston College, we kind of were just given just like a stick and kind of we just would play wobble and break it in. And so after kind of like taking on STX is where I've really kind of had to learn a lot more about sticks and kind of focusing on different pockets and stringing. So there are kind of a bunch of different variations, but you can have a traditional strung stick, which kind of has like the 
lined pockets or now what's getting really big is the mesh stick which kind of more looks like a boy's stick so it's all based on preference I've been always more of a traditional type person just because it's kind of what I grew up with yeah no it's all about preference and kind of what fits best for your style of ply do you get nerdy about your stick and your other equipment not on not compared to a lot of people honestly (laughs) I'm pretty I'm pretty I'm pretty casual (laughs) Yeah, talk more about, I'm curious about the sort of the two different pockets. What are the two different kinds and what do they do to, with the ball? So the the mesh pocket kind of has a different type of hold of the ball. So it's all about kind of where the ball is sitting in your stick and how it feels. And just you try out different sticks based on kind of the release and the shooting strings. It's It gets pretty technical, but... I always say if the stick is kind of jeopardizing how you're throwing the ball, then kind of look at a different option, but also make sure you're breaking your stick in. That's something that I definitely takes, it takes a little bit of time um, and making sure the ball is holding in your pocket where you want it to, but definitely take a few hours and just, I always say the the best way to break in a stick is to play wall ball. And that's definitely something that has worked for me. So get on the wall, break in your stick and yeah. I saw a video of you play wall ball. It's very impressive. How much time do you work on uh, handling skills? I really, I would play a ton. I always tried to kind of get on the wall as much as possible. My senior year of college, I would try to play at least, even if it was five minutes, because those five minutes will add up over time. But my senior year, I played wall ball. I tried to almost like every day or five, six times a week, even just for five minutes to get on the wall. But I definitely, through COVID and having to kind of do these Zoom lessons, I've definitely pushed my creativity on the wall, too, and trying to do different things, which has been fun for me. But yeah, I try to get on the wall as much as possible. And I remember when I tore my ACL, I couldn't really do much. And I remember just sitting in a chair and just playing wall ball for so long and just like whipping the ball, like trying to get all my frustration out at the wall. But I would say... Anytime you can, don't be afraid if it's just for five minutes. It'll definitely add up and help in the long run. I don't think of lacrosse as, you know, like one of the top sports that everybody knows about. I mean, what's your impression of, you know, public opinion or public awareness of lacrosse for young girls? It's definitely growing. And that also was a huge attraction for me coming out to the West Coast is that it's pretty big on the East Coast, but we're trying to grow it out in different areas too. And I also have been working with clinic sports. It was one of my, Molly Erdel, she was a senior when I was a freshman at Boston College. She kind of brought me on and it was a bunch of former Notre Dame men's lacrosse players. And their whole motto is growing the game in unusual places and bringing the game of lacrosse to different areas that don't have like hotbeds and a bunch of people teaching. So I've gone to Atlanta and done some clinics with them. They are talking about going up to Oregon and just kind of different places. So I feel like as long as more people are getting more exposure, lacrosse is so much fun to watch and even play. So the more people see it, the more they're going to be interested because it's so, so cool and so fast. Um, So I say just like getting more people that exposure and then they'll just fall in love with it too. One of the things that I know that you've talked about pretty frequently is the mental side of the game. What are you doing these days to be prepared for that, for the mental strength that you need? 
My confidence definitely comes from my preparation and kind of knowing how far and how hard I've worked so that when I'm on the field, I don't really need to worry about anything rather than just playing. But that's definitely easier said than done. And I know in college, I always kind of stood in my way of confidence was kind of not wanting to step on anyone's toes. But after meeting with coaches and kind of just embracing it, I had a conversation my, I think it was either junior or senior year, and my coaches were saying, you're being selfish by being unselfish in the sense that because I was so worried about making sure I wasn't stepping on anyone's toes on the field that I was really hurting the team. And so ever since then, I've kind of just like taken that in full stride and just my confidence comes from being trying to be the best one on the field at all times and knowing that the hard work that I've put in previously will help me do so. That's great. And I mean, one thing that I wonder about too is I gather that you've been one of the best, I mean, you were one of the best on your BC team. And my impression is that you were the best on your high school team. Was that hard for you? I mean, you talked about not stepping on toes. I mean, if you're the top player, there's a lot of toes (laughs) involved. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily hard because I always just, as a midi, you are on both sides of the ball. And so it was a team first mentality. And I always kind of took pride in playing defense. I also feel like being pushed outside my comfort zone is something that I've constantly, it's so scary, but I feel like I get so much confidence from kind of overcoming those things that maybe I wouldn't have done if I wasn't pushed or kind of like, even just coming out here to California, this is so outside my comfort zone. And I feel like I've gained so much confidence and kind of just really grown as a person from that. And same with even just like lacrosse sense, just being at BC and going from being a low defender to being a midfielder to now like trying out for the USC. And there are just so many things that I, it definitely has taken some outside forces to kind of push me in that direction and really step outside my comfort zone, but it's given me so much confidence and also just like helped me grow as an individual in kind of all aspects of my life. Do you talk about confidence with your young players that you've been doing the clinics with? I mean, is that a topic that comes up? Definitely. Maybe someone's having a rough day. It's either just like taking a deep breath and just kind of, we do this a lot where it's like, okay, focus in. We have three more balls. Let's make sure we're hitting the net or hitting the pocket, like in the corner. I definitely kind of try to use some of my tactics of take a deep breath. Let's take a second and then let's attack it and kind of really like know that we can do this. And also a lot of the girls, they had a tryout coming up. And so kind of just giving them like a little pep talk over text or just being like, just know, believe in yourself kind of. That's one of my favorite mottos is believe in yourself. And so by me saying that to them, hopefully it just gives them that little reminder of like inner beast that they can go and either tackle that try or tackle that next drill. But it's definitely something that comes up. In a related topic, recently I was talking to a friend about aggression and competitiveness in women. And I was just wondering, like, what are your thoughts? I mean, you're a scorer, obviously. And I was just wondering, like, do you feel that comes from aggression or competitiveness or just being really on top of your skills? I mean, do you do you have any thoughts about that? I would say it's a mix of all of the above. Sometimes when I am in my like really aggressive mode, maybe I got beat on a draw or I'm kind of like in that mad mode. And so my dad always says that, when, when I was younger, he'd always say, get mad. That's when you play your best. And so I've kind of, I always thought that was so funny, but I also feel like 
that aggression is mixed with competitiveness because you never want to lose. I'm a really competitive person when I get on the field. And so I think it's kind of a mix of all of it is wanting to either you get mad and you have that aggression and you want to go score or get that draw, but also mixed with competitive of not wanting to lose and let your team down. When you get mad, like, what does that look like? Are you, you know, elbowing fellow players or competitors? I mean, what are you doing that that is madness? I'd say for me personally, I know some people, they kind of flail and they get really like physical. But for me, it's more just like I go and attack. So I'm thinking like if I'm mad on defense, I'm like going all out, pressuring so hard and like trying to get that ball back. Or on offense, it's like I'm not like thinking to myself, I'm not going to let anyone stop me. I'm going to score. So those kind of, obviously you want to kind of have that mentality. But when I get mad or like have that aggression come out, there's definitely like an extra switch that I kind of flip where it's like, OK, get out of my way. <laughs> I understand that you've been thinking a lot about food lately and nutrition. Has that changed since you got out there? I mean, how are you thinking about nutrition in terms of your fueling needs for lacrosse? Nutrition is so, so important. And in college, we definitely, we we were eating like all the time. We always had snacks and bars, but we also were burning so many calories, a lot more than I'm doing now, just because you go from lift to conditioning to practice to class, like constantly on your feet. And so I'm still burning a lot of calories now with my training and working out and whatnot. But I definitely have had more time to really focus in on what kind of feels best for my body. And so it's still a work in progress as far as what makes me feel my best. But yeah, I've been super into kind of doing, I'm, I have such a sweet tooth. So doing healthy alternatives to dessert has been really kind of my focus where instead of making brownies, I'll make like sweet potato brownies or black bean brownies or something like that. It's been really fun. And also during COVID when I had so much more time is kind of where I really dove into that and found that interest. What have you learned? I've learned a lot, a lot, a lot. And I've also learned just kind of how bad processed foods are at the same time. But I've learned that I find it really fun, actually, which I never really enjoyed cooking in college. It was always just like, what can I make in five minutes that will fuel me and I can move on to the next thing. And now it's like, I can really focus in and look up recipes. And it's been really fascinating. What's your favorite recipe? Ooh, I'm really in the morning. I'm a big smoothie person. So I've been adding a lot of ginger and different like spirulina and different things into my smoothies. So that's kind of been... That sounds very California. Uh, Yes, maybe that's why I've been doing it. Seriously. Maybe it's the warm weather that's making me want to do it. (laughs) Well, also there's tons of vegetables out there, which I would assume are harder to get in New Hampshire. Yes, there's so many farmers markets. They're so cool. I'm like in awe wherever I go. Talk more about the transition from college to this new life you have. I mean, there's so much involved for anybody who's leaving college and going into the regular world. But, you know, you're dealing with so much else with COVID and, you know, not being able to train as you have been and going across the country. You know, like what what can you tell us about it? I would say if you're ever kind of on the fence about something that maybe even wanting to do. So I always said, like, when I was younger, I want to move to California, but I didn't really know what that was going to entail. And so after kind of just having that in-between phase of having my event planning job and then kind of taking a step back and reevaluating, getting into those Zoom lacrosse lessons and 
really just kind of taking that leap of faith and just going for it without having too much figured out. I'm a big planner, but I also am kind of one of those people that are like, I'm pretty much like a last minute person where I'm a planner, but then I also will just go for it. So it's a little bit of a mix for both. So I would say if you're ever kind of on the fence for something and you don't know if it's going to work out, I would say just go for it and go outside your comfort zone. I know it's kind of cliche, but I'm kind of one of those people that I like a routine. And so once I kind of came out here and really pushed myself and then developed that routine, I'm just so happy and I'm so thankful that I really did take that leap of faith. So that's kind of what I would say. If you're ever on the fence, just go for it. And how have you been meeting people? I mean, especially with COVID, (laughs) like moving to a new town and COVID seems really rough. Yeah. So like I said, that BC alumni, he got me out here and had a lot of connections. But then since then, it's been all kind of word of mouth where now um, I'm heading back east in a few weeks. And I have so many different people trying to squeeze in a last few last minute lessons and kind of just having bringing a friend to a lesson or kind of being like, oh, this person heard that you're out here. Would you be willing to meet with them? So it's been very cool. And I've met so many awesome girls and made so many connections that I'm really thankful for. That's exciting. Well, before we wrap up, is did I miss anything? Do you want to talk? Is there anything that's important that we didn't get to? I'm trying to think. No, I feel like we just covered so much. Thank you. Well, Debsy, it has been such a pleasure talking to you and good luck with the selection camps and Athletes Unlimited. How can we follow you? You can follow me on Instagram. It's just my name, Dempsey Arsenal. That's kind of my main social media account. But yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. This has been awesome. I'm so glad. I'm so glad this worked out. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you for joining me in this conversation with Dempsey. Send me your thoughts about the episode. Email elizabeth at hearhersports.com. Thank you. Thank you for spreading the word about Hear Her Sports and these wonderful female athletes. Stay tuned for some horses and basketball, but not together. In the show notes, find more info about Dempsey, lacrosse, and other things she mentioned in the episode. Subscribe for free to Hear Her Sports on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember to join Patreon at patreon.com slash hearhersports and buy all your books through our bookshop page at hearhersports.com slash books. And sign up for our newsletter from the website. In the last one, I wrote about being thrown for a loop by the recent NCAA women's weight room. 50 years post Title IX, I am so tired. While 44% of athletes are women, only 4% of the media coverage is about women. Hear Her Sports aims to shift the scale while inspiring women to be their best. This is Elizabeth Emery for Hear Her Sports. Bye-bye. Can I restart? Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. 
from Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.